I want to welcome Agile XRM to the podcast. I've known the people at Agile XRM for the past 12 years. I've seen how their business process management tool can add massive value to complex organizational processes in sectors such as finance and government. If you have complex processes or a need for dialogues on the Power Platform or Dynamics 365, take a look at how this BPM tool can add value. You can find them at agilexrm.com or check out the show notes for more details. Welcome to the MVP Show. My intention is that you listen to the stories of these MVP guests and are inspired to become an MVP and bring value to the world through your skills. If you have not checked it out already, I do a YouTube series called How to Become an MVP. The link is in the show notes. With that, let's get on with the show. Today's guest is from Australia. He's a principal technical architect. His first award is MVP in 2023. He loves solving complex business problems for enterprise customers, and he loves to share his learnings with the Microsoft Dynamics community via blogs and speaking on various community events. You can find links to his bio and social media in the show notes for this episode. Welcome to the show, Rashid. Thank you, Mark. Uh, I'm really excited to be at your show. Uh, I have been following your podcast for years now, and you have been an uh, inspiration to a lot of uh, inspiring uh, MVPs. So uh, really happy to be here, and kudos to you for all the great work you do for the community. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. W- what part of Australia do you live in? I live in Victoria, Melbourne. Nice. Tell me, tell me food, family, and fun. What do they mean to you? Everything that doesn't involve work. That means a lot. That means life to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, food uh, coming from, uh, I actually uh, belong, uh, I uh, I was born and brought up in uh, India, uh, in in the northern state of Uttar Pradesh, uh, and I belong to city of Taj Mahal, Agra. So it's famous for its food, and the food is really hot and spicy there. <laughs> so I, I grew up eating that food, and it was like uh, my daily uh, staple diet, uh, all hot and spicy stuff. So food means a lot to me, and there is so much uh, variety of food we eat uh, we, we grew up eating. So food is definitely something. I look forward to and uh, and to be honest in Melbourne uh, I really find a uh, rich uh, variety of uh, Indian food options available so in that terms Melbourne is uh, really good from cultural blend perspective so yeah I, I moved to Melbourne almost 10 years back uh, it's my second home uh, live here with my wife and eight-year-old daughter and yeah it's there's something new to explore in Melbourne like even after living for 10 years there are places I I go for the first time. So it's quite big and a lot of things to uh, explore in Melbourne. It is a great city and, of course, famous for its foodie culture, right, and uh, and coffee. Um, in a former life, when I used to live in Australia, I spent one day a week in Melbourne all every, every week, so I'd fly down from Sydney. Just about the food and the hotness, where does – What's generally the spice that creates the heat in your local Indian cooking? 
Uh, yeah, that's a tricky one. So the thing with Indian cooking is the spice box. We have a lot of uh, spice plantation happening in India. So uh, like what I see here is people don't use a lot of spices when they cook food. But when it comes to Indian cooking, it it's basically the right ratio of different spices which go into a particular dish. So some dish may have uh, more of uh, chili. Some dishes may have uh, more of another spice. So it's basically just depends on the type of uh, dish we are preparing. Uh, the thing with Indian food is it it, the, the taste changes every 200 kilometer you travel. So you eat a food in a city and you travel another 400 kilometer, you eat the same dish, it may taste different because the ratio of spices are different. The base of the uh, of the curry is different. So that is one thing. But yeah, it's basically uh, uh, different type of chilies as well. Not, re- not always red chili or green chili. You can find yellow chilies and uh, different flavors of them. So, yeah, that's one thing uh, which drives the hotness. And also, I think people like to explore because they have so many options. The spice box is like full of 15 or 20 different spices. So once you explore something, experiment, it becomes your uh, unique uh, selling point. And there are a lot of uh, um, unique uh, food chains in India who have their secret formula, <laughs> so <laughs> which makes them famous. So, yeah, that's uh, where it is. Yeah. When it comes to chili, like why I'm asking, because, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm growing chilies myself and, and you know, what I see coming from America and maybe a bit from Europe is people who can create the hottest chili. So, you know, I've got some habaneros and I've got some ghost peppers and I've got some, um, Carolina reapers and, uh, which I think are the hottest. And I'm not a chili eater. I'll, I, I, my chilies that I've eaten in my life have always been um, dare-based. In other words, I dare you eat a whole chili. If you eat one, I'll eat a whole chili type thing. And I've, I've done that a lot. I've done that a lot. The last time I did it, it was in London when I did it, and I regretted it um, <laughs> because I, I was with a girl and I challenged her and she just picked up the chili and munched it straight away. And then that left me having to eat a whole chili. So, um, you know, raw. So it was, it was tough going seeds and all. So that's why I asked because <clears throat> yeah, just to understand, you know, the type of chilies that you grow apart from the color, is there any particular names associated with those chilies? Uh, to be honest, not across it, but generally I also eat raw chili, raw green chilies. Is that something which I like to have with my meal? Uh, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. So that is uh, definitely uh, a part of my diet <laughs> because my, my wife and uh, daughter doesn't like hot food. So they give me chilies separately. This is what you eat. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Tell me about your journey into Microsoft business applications. How did it start? What brought you to where you are now? What area do you kind of specialize in within the entire suite that is Microsoft? I basically started my first job after my college um, in 2005. And it was a job of X++ developer. When I got that offer, I was like, what language is it like? Because that was the era of everyone was after C Sharp or .NET or Java. Uh, but I thought to explore it because uh, I, I read ERP in my college and I was uh, a bit 
uh, interested to explore uh, how to build these enterprise grade applications using some uh, unique programming languages so i joined a company called euroinfo system which was in india uh, i came to know they were actually a reseller who who were working with Damgard even before Microsoft acquired Exapta. So they had some good uh, good knowledge base in that company and people with whom we can learn and grow. So yeah, I mean, the journey started in 2005 and then um, the way this platform evolved over a period of time kept me, kept me engaged with it. So it was not a monotonous or repetitive work which we were doing because it had to it had so much to offer and so much to explore every time we solve a problem we face we were given a new problem to solve and even now after like spending 17 18 years in this field i still you know get new problems to solve on this platform so it always kept me engaged kept me excited about what's happening and microsoft had their good focus on this product so it kept evolving with time so when it was uh, originally launched it was like a two-tier and three-tier application with its own database uh, server and ui layer separate but with time it got more matured and microsoft brought its compiler into dotnet and now it's cloud-based we write code in visual studio so so the 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 tools and frameworks microsoft brought in this ecosystem actually kept everyone engaged uh, and kept us up to date with latest technology trend we do not uh, feel that we are being left out so that was one of the reason for me to like stay in this technology and grow with it and once once i started and got some deep understanding of the frameworks then then you start exploring more because once you understand a, a level of detail then you get an idea of okay this is how it works in real life uh, so yeah and one another good thing was uh, i was based in india so i got to travel uh, around the world for different customers to implement the product so i got to travel to us netherlands uk and then i also traveled to australia for a few assignments in 2008 that's when i felt uh, this is a, a great country to uh, where you can actually uh, live with the family and uh, explore more opportunities. So yeah, in 2013, um, we moved here. And since then I'm here and yeah, I'm loving living in Melbourne. Uh, it's a bit far from India, like the flight is a bit long, almost 14 hours, but uh, yeah, still um, it's good to be here. And yeah, you of course miss family, nothing can replace that. And uh, but as I said, there is a lot of good Indian culture uh, presence in Melbourne. So uh, it keeps me connected to my roots. I can visit temples. I can go to social gatherings where f festivals are celebrated. And uh, yeah, so that's where I am. That was the same year I moved to Australia. Oh, nice. um, yeah, 2013. But I left in 2017 and went to Europe. So have you always been in Melbourne? Is that where you've been based? Yes, I have been based like the most of the time I've spent in Melbourne. I have traveled to uh, Sydney, Brisbane for some assignment uh, and travel purposes, but mostly my base has been in Melbourne. When I used to work there and I was building my practice, I brought a lot of people in from India, uh, relocated them. Back then it was a 457 visa from memory um, that you'd come to Australia on. And so the organization I was working for had a legal department that handled that for me. And so it, when there was a skill shortage, I was able to tap into some great minds, you know, and <clears throat> out of India and bring them into Australia. 
Now that of course is all pre-pandemic. That was all around 2015, 16, 17. What um is that still happening? Is there in your community and connections, are you still seeing a lot of people immigrating to from India in the tech sector to Australia? I know the visas were changed, but are you seeing that? Yeah, so a uh, 457 visa has been here for a long time. So I myself came on work visa. Uh, so Sable 37 was the partner for whom I was working when I came here. So 457 work visa is one of the key pathway for companies to bring talent to Australia. It still exists and it has, my, I think they have changed few laws around how long it is valid for. So initially it was, it used to be valid for four years, but now I think it's valid for two years and then you have to renew it for another two years. But it still is a pathway. During pandemic, uh, there was a bit of a pause and didn't did not see a lot of companies getting into sponsorship because yeah, I mean, it's it's tricky to get to that stage where you can actually sponsor uh, an overseas uh, skilled professional because you have to go through that layer of uh, labor laws and a lot of declarations to be done at government side. Um, but uh, I think now this year I have seen uh, the market is opening up and a few of my known pe- network people have migrated. And not only from India, I've seen people migrating from Dubai, people migrating from Singapore, uh, migrating from Saudi Arabia. So, yeah, I think um, Australia being um, the way Australia managed its pandemic situation uh, uh, made it more, you know, preferred solution for preferred location for people to migrate. So I see a lot of interest in people who want to migrate to Australia. Uh, and one of the key reasons is the way we managed pandemic here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it is there. People are coming. I think it's opening up now. It's, it's a good time. Uh, the market is, it all depends. Like the market is growing. Companies are finding more projects now. So yeah, the demand is also increasing. What are you doing in the area of AI? Are you exploring AI from a personal use case? Are you exploring it for customers? Uh, what's the story with with Dynamics 365 Finance and AI? What's your thinking around all these areas? Yeah, I think uh, AI is definitely a game changer for a lot of applications, uh, not just Dynamics, but the way we uh, use technology in our day-to-day life is going to get impacted. And it has already started. Like We are not in a phase where people only talk about it. Uh, there are good AI platforms which are already released and you know companies have started adopting it. Uh, people in personal, uh, for their personal use, have started adopting it. So uh, I think uh, it is definitely something which will become like a core skill um, in few years down the line, even uh, like it may get more, uh, more interest uh, when people are graduating or doing studies, it may become part of, core part of their curriculum. Uh, I think, uh, I, I see it as a positive, uh, positive vibe that yes, there, is, there are some unique complex problems which technology can solve, especially in, in area of healthcare, the type of uh, AI solutions which are coming and which can help people to recover from their uh, illness in a more smooth way. Uh, I think it's gonna be uh, having good impact. Uh, in terms of personal use, I actually showed it to my daughter, and she she loves to play with Dali and creating some crazy images. And she she like 
comes up with some crazy ideas and say, hey, dad, let's try Dali and let's try to create an image. And she actually gave me some feedback that when I use some particular keywords, this is the type of image it created and it, and it was not what I expected. <laughs> so so the kids are like, um, she gave me a feedback. If I give it a long sentence, then it doesn't prepare, you know, give me the right image. But if I give a very crisp, precise instruction, it gives me what I asked for. So it was interesting to see how even kids are able to uh, interpret the behavior and give a feedback. So I think the use cases are going to be uh, too many. I think in Dynamics 365, Microsoft has started introducing AI uh, embedded capabilities, especially using OpenAI in sales, uh, marketing, where the customers, uh, you know, the interaction can be analyzed and automatic email reply can be drafted. Also, in terms of finance and operation, there is a there is one capability which is using ChatGPT and OpenAI, which is around whenever a purchase order confirmation gets modified, what is the effect of this on other commitments and other purchase order and how it can impact your supply chain. So there are some models which Microsoft is introducing in out-of-the-box product. However, I think there, there are a lot of potential use cases which can be uh, enabled. AI has been uh, part of finance and operation, like there are demand forecasting uh, uh, functionalities which were available in the product from uh, many years. There were uh, planning optimization, master planning, which uses all these uh, machine learning AI algorithm. But I think this whole new open AI and chat GPT thing is also catching a lot of attention. It looks like in AI, it's a parallel word of AI where people don't like to talk much about machine learning and traditional AI regression algorithms, but they want to focus more on what chat GPT can do to solve their problem. Yeah, large language model, models and generative AI, right, is, is all the, the, the focus at the moment. How did you become an MVP? What was the journey to MVP for you? Yeah, journey to MVP has been a long dream for me. Actually, when I uh, when I was in my formative years, uh, and uh, when I traveled to actually Europe for one of my assignment, I I met a uh, few MVPs. Uh, Kurt Hattelwick was one of them, and when I when I interacted with him, uh, uh, I got a bit of inspired from the way he thinks about uh, not only about a solution for a customer, but his talks were more focused on industry. What can we do to revolutionize the the problem for the industry. And uh, that's where I came to know about uh, MVP program and I started looking about it. Uh, But then due to my migration and a lot of things always happening, it was always in back of my mind that, yes, I have to work towards it. Although I have been contributing to the community from last uh, more than 10 years, I have a blog where uh, I have all the collection of uh, technical articles, which go way back to 10 years. And but I think, uh, and that's one thing uh, what I hear a lot of MVPs say is that uh, you keep, uh, you know, giving back to the community and MVP comes along with it. But I feel you actually have to prepare and work towards it if you really want to be an MVP. You have to bring a structure to your contributions. You have to sometimes go above what you normally do to get to that, uh, to meet that benchmark. Because I felt like uh, 
first time my mvp award was rejected which is fine because uh, there might there were few things which were not uh, in the in the right timing so timing is all about uh, what you have done in last 12 months so what you have done in last 10 years is not the criteria but what you have done in last 12 months is the criteria so you might have written 50 blogs 5 uh, years back but that doesn't count now so if if someone is aiming to become an mvp it's very important to understand the process and and how you build that collection of your contributions that is very important and you have to need to have a plan work towards it identify what you are comfortable doing you don't need to go to forums write a blog go to youtube go to seminars do a podcast identify your core core strength and what you are comfortable doing it and focus on that area so i i realized okay my my focus is more towards doing sessions in the community that's where i focused and blogging so i was mostly focused on blogging and doing sessions so these were my two key areas i did a bit of forum things and created youtube videos but that is something which i'm planning to maybe get more uh, give it more attention next year and this year i continue focusing on what i am doing it so yeah my my advice to people who want to target mvps plan uh, in advance focus and identify what your core area of engagement is core way of engagement is and work on that and have your backlog of last 12 months activities ready how you impacted the community how you brought value to them and try to have a unique offering because um, what i feel sometimes i feel like okay let me go and create a video on how to write x++ code but then when i go to youtube i see there are plenty of videos already out there so what my content is going to add value to whom i am going to add value to so identify what type of uh, community members you want to target that's also another important thing build your brand <laughs> yeah I like it. You've you you've just given and provided the listeners a whole bunch of very very valid very relevant advice to becoming an MVP. So thank you so much uh Ratchet coming on the show because I think that if people just took that last piece of what you said um from your experience and apply it, um they could find themselves becoming MVPs before too long. Thank you for that Mark. Yeah, I think uh, it it is important to uh, understand what you are your journeys and once you get mvp then you feel really happy about it because it's not something which just came by itself you work for it you had a goal which you have achieved and that fuels your passion towards it and now you can explore other areas and you you get into that network of mvps you can take their help to connect and establish more better brand in the market for yourself hey thanks for listening I'm your host, business application MVP Mark Smith, otherwise known as the NZ365 guy. If you like the show and want to be a supporter, check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash NZ365 guy. Thanks again, and see you next time.